first episode of Have You Heard? Have You Heard? This week, Josh gave me the band Lucius. Lucius. Mm-hmm. Love. Uh, I've heard of them. Uh, I've been told I would like them. And I think that I do now. <laughs> uh, you probably you, heard them more than you think you have. I, I, pro- I probably have. The, uh, the album you gave me was Second Chance. Close. Second Nature. Second Nature. Well, I'll just close it up right now. Yep. It's all over. Can't even remember one album title. <laughs> this happened to us when we were interviewing what's... What, what's their face? Um, the folk band. Dreadlocks. Yeah, yeah. Fuck. We'll cut this. <laughs> Kitchen Dwellers. <laughs> Kitchen Dwellers. That's what I was. Yeah, and I was like, your new album is like Winding River, right? And then he was like, actually, really it's Wobble uh, River. And I was like, oh, this is great. I'll just kill myself. Did our um, research. <laughs> <laughs> it was so great. We're so professional. But yeah, you gave me um, you gave me Second Nature to listen to. Is there anything that you want to talk about beforehand? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you hadn't heard them before. It's one of the... Uh, I knew of them, right. but I don't know right. any songs by them. It's one of those. They do have four, I believe, studio albums out. That's why I asked. They have been around for a while. Mm-hmm. I actually didn't realize this album in particular, I believe they're on a, I want to say, four-year hiatus. Really? From Lucius the band. Um, oh, so they, they had they had other side bands? So when I say you probably have heard of them oh. and just not known it... Oh, my God. Uh, Are you going to say, like, they fits in the tantrums or something like that? Are you going to say... A little bit better. Um, Well, here, let me start from the beginning. Okay, yeah, yeah. So Lucius, really led by two vocalists, Mm -hmm. Jess Wolf and Holly Lessig, traditionally described as indie pop. I did learn that they are technically a four-piece band. I always thought it was them plus a session or touring band, but they actually are a four-piece band. They're joined by guitarist Peter Lalish, if I'm saying that correctly, and drummer Dan Moland. Interesting fact, uh-huh. uh, their drummer and uh, Wolf, Jess Wolf, one of the singers, were uh, married mm. for quite some time and divorced just before this album, before they toured this album. That is, that is, um, yep, uh, that that is very clear in the <laughs> album. <laughs> I, I was like, this, this uh, not to get too far into it now, but I was like, this is like, the breakup album of like the century. Well, it's inter- it has two different themes, and we'll yeah, get yeah. we'll get into that. That's definitely yeah, yeah. one that you'll pick up on, even though it might n- not align totally with the vibe mm-hmm. of the album. Yeah, well, I think that's for me. It was like in a weird way, like the the vibe and like the tone of the album was very like. There were a couple of like slow songs for sure, but like overall, right. it was very like. Like, I know you told me to um, make a tequila soda and cook or, like, clean during this. Yeah, yeah and, I, and I can see why, because it gets you moving, yeah. but it's, like, I don't know. It's a very, I, like, dance it I thought da- it'd be nice to be standing out. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it yeah. gets you moving. Because, mm-hmm. yes, it is a departure from some of their previous albums or all of their previous albums. It has much of a disco feel to it. Mm-hmm. And I'll talk about why they wanted to pursue that type of, of vibe for this album. Um, but why I bring up, I wanted to talk about who's in the band and the fact that they recently divorced before they went on tour. They are, he is still in the band, um, oh, which is good interesting. <laughs> um, but I, I seems, read... Seems really easy. Imagine going to work every day and you're like, your ex-husband or ex-wife is there. You're like, oh, man. I can't imagine my wife was there. 
<laughs> I have, I, you have a hard time even imagining like yeah, actually that's true <laughs> uh, but apparently part of the hiatus was they're separating and they actually they hadn't seen each other in like a year year and a half until they started recording this album so a lot of it was part of the separation by, by them do you mean the the, the, drum, the drummer and, and Wolf oh wow so, so that was like during the divorce or like the separation yeah or, or the separation divorce, sorry, yeah, sorry. Yeah. got it but then, going back to why I was saying you and most people out there have probably heard them before and not even known it, during that time, that four years, I think it was, they were either contributing to albums for different artists or on tour. And just to name drop a few here, Roger Waters, mm-hmm. Harry Styles, mm-hmm. Jeff Tweedy, oh. Dawes, mm-hmm. Jason Brown, Oof. John Legend, mm-hmm. Mavis Staples, John Prine, Cheryl Crow, Warren Jones, Brandy Carl. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, so quite, quite the hiatus. Yeah, there's a few. Yeah. Um, so they're either on tour with these artists or contributing their albums. One of the latest ones, my favorite, Margot Price. They even have a song on that album, really? which I'm sure will be a future episode. Uh, yeah, definitely. So yeah, they've been busy and they're focusing a lot on that. And I know that Wolf, who had the divorce with her husband, she just was eager to kind of hand over control to someone else, other musicians, Mm -hmm. and support them versus focusing on their own thing. But yeah, they finally got back together. Her husband, you know, they were happy for each other. They both, I I don't know if they're together with other people now, might be, but Mm -hmm. kind of accepting it and now just glad to be friends again. It's kind of a dream if that were to happen. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, the the dream following a nightmare, I feel like. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Like, Like best case scenario. Wow. Pretty amazing. Yeah, it seems to be working. You know, there are a couple other bands that have. Uh, there was a band. This is the opposite of that, but there, there's a band called Fuck. They weren't called Rubble Bucket. They were called something else. Rubble Bucket. There was a band. Um, the guy is solo now, and it was under the name Toth or Tooth. It was like T O with the little like umlauts over it, and like T H. We saw them open for Doctor Dog when they came through town. Um, but anyway, Doctor Dog. Just, that'll probably be a. I know it'll future be a future episode. episode for sure. He had just broken up with like his band mate and wife at the you know at the time, and um, then they couldn't end up making it work and disbanded and, hmm. and went. He went solo again. Do not know if it's Rubble Bucket or not. It probably is not Rubble Bucket. It's someone else that I'm trying to think of. But yeah, that seems really. F- no, I couldn't do that. No. I can't. I can't imagine. Oh, the same thing with like Dead, where they the the lead singer and the guitarist were in a relationship for a long time, and then they broke up and still stayed in the band. And funny enough, makes me think there are some comparisons of a few songs on this. Even though we talked about it being a disco album, mm-hmm. uh, I'd say the second half gets a little bit back into their the indie realm, uh, which they're known for. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. I noticed that. There's a song or two on there that I think has some Fleetwood Mac I was going to say Fleetwood Mac. Influence. Yeah, yeah. And so obviously top of mind. I'm actually currently reading the founder of Rolling Stone. His uh, memoir just came out. Mm-hmm talking about, about it. Fleetwood Mac and rumors and apparently mm-hmm. everyone in the band was essentially sleeping with each other during the making of that album. Yeah, I mean, it's aptly titled, I think, <laughs> Rumors. <laughs> I, um, you know, that's something that I would, uh, I don't think I've l- sat down and listened to the album in full except for once. Rumors? Rumors. You've only listened to Rumors in full one in time. In full one time. But I know so many songs in that, but I've never just sat down and like listened to it other than one time. I, hmm, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> interesting. <laughs> I, I mean, say, it's, a, it's a fantastic album, but I like, I, I, I really loved it, I think. I, but I, I don't know why. I, don't I mean, know I know it's cliche to say it's one of the best albums, but I actually think 
that one probably is. holds up to it. I also say that because out of my vinyl collection, mm-hmm. new and old, that is the best sounding vinyl I have. Wow. And I have the the one I the copy I have is the original pressing and the recording engineering is good. outstanding. Yeah, <laughs> just just good. Yeah. <laughs> um, but back to Lucia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's a four piece. The two join, got married to one. We're now divorced. Mm-hmm. They're all still in the band. I think they had one more that eventually left. He's gone, so we don't have his story. It's fine. Okay. Um, Who needs them? I don't. They <laughs> they certainly don't. Um, they met, I don't think I mentioned this, they met in college in two, uh, 2005 at Berkeley, okay. moved to Brooklyn in 2007. Mm-hmm. That's when they met uh, um, Peter and Dan, who joined the band. They did release a self-released album. They signed with Mom and Pop Records for three more albums, including the one we're going to talk about today. Are you familiar with Mom and Pop? Yeah. I'll say, Courtney Barnett, I yep. know you're a fan of mm-hmm. uh, Mom and Pop, Beach Bunny, um, oh, Beach Bunny's so good. Beach Bunny, I think they're coming. Are they coming to Chicago again? They might be. I think they might be. Uh, Camp, Tegan and Sarah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to name a few. A good smaller, uh, I believe, independent label. Mm-hmm. A lot of good artists. They're good. Um, but yeah, so most recently, Second Nature through Mom and Pop Music. They recorded this album throughout the pandemic. Interesting with the style of it being more of a disco record. Um, and they, I've heard them in interviews say a big part of this was. You know, people are already depressed, not going anywhere. So they wanted to create a, literally a dance album yep. to get them on their feet uh-huh. and happy. So it is interesting with yeah. that vibe. But then if you hear some of the lyrics, and you know I don't listen yeah. much <laughs> lyrics. Don't, don't worry. I picked I up on some. <laughs> there is a lot of hints at the divorce, mm-hmm. and there's some sadder songs, some ballads on the, the second half. Mm-hmm. But most of it, especially that side A, is just simply to get people to get up and dance. Yeah. So a few reviews I pulled. Oh, you pulled reviews. New York Times, they call it luscious, luminous, and lilting. That's a new word for me. <laughs> Wait, so, so they're, they're, luscious is luscious, luminous, and, and lilting, lilting lullabies. Oh, my God. Alliteration out the fucking ass. <laughs> Who, someone at Rolling Stone, was it Rolling Stone? No, that was New York Times. Oh, New York I have Times? Rolling Stone, though. Oh, good, good. I was. Um, I, I just was wondering who would th- pull out a thesaurus like that. <laughs> Lilting. <laughs> I actually thought I had a typo. I had to look it up. Now I don't remember what it means. But uh, Rolling Stone, the best band you may never heard of. Oh. Oh, and then my favorite part, before we start talking about the album itself, mm-hmm. I looked up the Pitchfork review. Uh, as As we all do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, any guesses? After your one listen, what what would you at Pitchfork it, it, give this, this album? This is me in the mind of a Pitchfork yes. reviewer. 6.7. Hey, really? <laughs> As a Pitchfork Did reviewer? Did you say 6.7? As a Pitchfork reviewer. I don't That's think they'd exactly like it. exactly what it is. Is it really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I have a really good Pitchfork calculator. You got the point um, seven. <laughs> To, to be fair, when I was like, oh, they probably, like, re- originally I was like 7.5, and I was like, no, it's too, too high for them. Too high. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, that's I, funny. I actually got a little angry reading it. I was going to quote them a bit, but I didn't think it was worth it. But Page I think it had something to do, and this might actually be a good segue, it had something to do with it, like not being too disco enough in a traditional sense, I think in the way it's 
um, recorded. Mm-hmm. But I think that'd be a good transition. What I want to talk about, I think one of the main reasons I love this album so much, it was produced by uh, Dave Cobb mm-hmm. as well as uh, Brandy Carlisle. We can talk yeah. about that too. Mm-hmm. Um, but Dave Cobb, if you're not familiar, uh, Nashville producer. A lot of people throw him in the country bucket, which I'd give a little more credit than that. It's more Americana folk. Yeah. Or your more not say traditional, but not your pop country, um, no. CMT country. And, and I'll say that like at the at the back end of the album, the like there were some like ballady type of tracks, mm-hmm. and I feel like that that would harken back to like Dave Cobb, like yeah, like real really like I mean they're just really well produced, but also it's just like they stand out, they're lavish, they're you know it's it's really. They're really well done ballads, and I think that can only come from someone who's been yeah. around for that long, in the, especially in the country music and Americana scene. And for those who might not be familiar with Dave Cobb, he's recording out of his studios out of, I think, what's the studio? RCA. Mm. Oh, I'm embarrassed not to know it. Very popular studio. I mean, don't uh, be embarrassed. I don't know it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of the RCA, RCA studios in Nashville. But um, he's really known for working with the likes of Chris Stapleton, Brandy Carlisle, John Prine. Mm-hmm. Sergio Simpson, my favorite, Jason Isbell, um, mm-hmm. and the High Women. I'm sure. I'm sure it'll be another episode. Oh yeah, look forward to that one. Let's get to pick one. <laughs> I feel like that one's gonna have to be like there are gonna be some episodes where it's gonna be like a double. Yeah, like to listen to both these. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think where you get his and going back to the, I wanted to talk about him because of the Pitchfork review. I think whoever the reviewer was was commenting on again, not the traditional production style you'd normally hear for disco. Which I, I, I mean, I appreciate Lucius having their own twist to it, mm-hmm. um, but you definitely get the the Dave Cobb vibe throughout. It has, if you really listen closely, has the live room recording yeah. feel to it, which I know he does a lot. Yeah, uh, with nice. the musicians that he works with versus being recording, you know, secluded or separately. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all it's a lot of it is is live, and I think I'm not 100 percent sure if that's how they did it, but it's it's mimicking that. Yeah sound um so it's not going to be as polished and clean as your traditional yeah, yeah disco but i think it's a good take on on that genre coming from lucius yeah i think it helps with like the danceability of those tracks too because it's like i don't know there, there's there's like a vibe that you can recreate and like a playing it live as opposed to recording everything separate and well and speaking of which <gasps> oh saw them live yeah. last year for the first time here in chicago at Metro, uh, the show absolutely blew me away. Yeah, they sound just as good, if not better, live. Yeah. Hearing the harmonies in person is pretty unbelievable. Because if you don't know them, I mean, that's what they're known for is their harmonies. If you listen to the recording, it sounds like one voice that's essentially then dubbed, but it's mm-hmm. it's it's not. They they become one with their two different voices. Yeah, yeah. And I've heard them talk in interviews before that. Uh, we haven't heard it, but apparently separately they say they are very very different. Uh-huh. Their styles and what they sound like, but once they sing together, it's one really, really one cool. voice, and you really hear that in the album. And it's the same thing live. Mm. Not to mention, it's just it, the show is like a dance party. Like, literally, they had people up on stage at the end, randomly oh, really? dancing. It was a party. Musically, their band's incredible. They're also known for their they play the keytars. Oh, you know that a couple keytar <laughs> a couple uh, keytar players. That's awesome. And of course, with the disco vibe, everything is. Mm-hmm. Shiny, sparkly, including uh, the keytars. So it's just overall a fun time. Hell yeah. 
But uh, let's get into the record a little bit. Yeah. Did you have any standout tracks? We talked about you. You could tell the difference. I'm big with, you know, a vinyl collector. Mm-hmm. And I know you are. I'm big about listening to side A versus side B. Yeah. And I, I love how one artist, and I think they're one of the artists that do this, that really lean into that and like they want to have a side A vibe versus side B. Yeah. B vibe. So I, I kind of recognize it, but I, yeah. And you said you could kind of feel it. Um, yeah. Yeah. With this one as well. But yeah, any standout. Uh, there tracks? were. I'm trying to look for my phone. Heartburst, I think, might be the first song on that album. Oh, no, wait. Second Nature is the first song on the album. It's a great intro, and I can't. Oh, I just can't remember. I think one thing that really stood out. The the reason I knew it was like a, a breakup album. I think the first song that really showed me that, but in like a really uh, a way that I didn't expect, was probably the man I'll never find, because mm. mm-hmm. it was a lot of lyrics about like clearly with somebody. Like the song has them currently with somebody, but they start out the song kind of saying it like they're alone Mm -hmm. like that they're trying to find somebody that they're trying to find you know love that they're trying to find this like man that they always thought they would be with and end up with and are constantly searching for and that it kind of is kind of revealed that like while they're looking at they're looking at like that person that they're with and they're saying like i thought it was you or you know like like i wish i could make you this person Cause right. you know, like, like, and I, and I think that that was probably the first time that I was like, oh, this, yeah, this is definitely like, this is the standout. Serious, yeah, yeah. Kind of moving away from the talked about with it being a pandemic song, wanting people to forget about all, everything we're depressed about <laughs> and get up and dance. This one definitely yeah, yeah. takes a pivot. Yeah, I did note that it it is the first song of side B, which I do think is a great opening track for a mm-hmm. B side. Yeah. Um, I actually wrote down the lyrics you're talking about to this one, and which is funny that you bring it up. Again, because yeah. you know me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I usually do not pay attention to lyrics at all. But this one, yeah, it, it is the the lyrics, the story behind this song, I think definitely are what drive this song. Oh, yeah, anything. absolutely. So it's, this is after the chorus, the bridge, going into the bridge, but it's taking the main line from the chorus. Uh, so it's, I thought it would be you. I wanted it to be you. And I'm sorry, it was. I was always looking for the man that I'll never find. Yeah, it's, it's, like, it, it's like that reveal of like, I don't know. It's like that moment of clarity for the for the singer where it just seems like the same. Like I thought it was you was like legitimate, you know that that they really did put everything into it, and they're like, "This is the end all be all." Yeah, when I first heard, I actually felt sorry for the husband. Yeah, but then after hearing a few times, I actually think it's like the nicest way you could. Yeah. Say it possibly. It's 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 a it's a weird way to I don't want to say weird, but th- the way of having this song and and the the singer is putting all the onus on themselves. Right. Like like it, it isn't made with any malice or, or ill will or, or anything. It's 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 something that like like it, I don't know, it's like trust me, believe me, I thought. Right. I really thought you know, and and it's not it's nothing that you did or anything like that. It's just I really just thought you were this person, and and you didn't do anything to you didn't change or like you didn't do anything that tricked me or led me astray. It's just I thought this is what I wanted, and I don't think it is. And, right. Yeah. Yeah. Or or thinking you can live without something that you can't, and it, it, it's yeah, that's tough. Yep. Strong ballad. Um, another one on this side. Uh, uh white lies. 
last track on the album, also solid. I, I have that one starred. Ballad. Too. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna back up real quick to side A. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, because I have I have um, Second Nature and 24 from from those. Yeah, let's talk. Well, we we, we touched on Second Nature a little bit. The, the title, uh, yeah. the title track, opening track. Yes, agree. Great way to open the album. A lot of very funky. A lot happening. I hear a lot of percussion, congas, great bass line, right. some synth, See, was... synths incorporating that. It's like it's very yeah, very disco song mm-hmm. um, to set up this this record. Um, I also the, I hadn't really noticed this before, but it was really in the choruses. Some of their vocals, specifically like the higher pitch parts, mm-hmm. I was feeling a little Michael Jackson in there. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, agreed. Um, another artist that's doing something very similar like tonally but i think taking it they're taking it to like a little bit different direction but um there's a there's a artist called caroline rose who in their newest album they they do they do a little bit of like these disco i mean it's like backing beats and Mm -hmm. stuff like that and like flourishes and, and things like that but um really well done um and then saint vincent takes a lot of like uh mm-hmm. a lot of disco influence and stuff in her i want to say like her early 2010s work and then i'm not sure about their her newest one i think it's called daddy's home <laughs> um but i think that might be a little bit um of a similar vibe but more i think a little bit more i don't think ballady is the right word but a little more expansive a little mm-hmm. more like less dancey and just more of those slow big swells and a lot of things but anyway yes i agree <laughs> <laughs> the, the 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 opening to this album is is a, a booty shaker and they also keep it going with the next one next to normal mm-hmm. kind of the same comments same vibe they have something going yeah um very groovy bass line that i like yep. it actually it leads into i don't want to say my one disappointment with the album but the one thing i would have changed with the album mm-hmm. um and going back to my my love for like the uh, thematic album sides. Yeah. They go to 24 next, which I know you said you had notes on. Yeah. Personally, I would have left that maybe to end side A. They slow things down on side mm-hmm. uh, and the third song with 24. Good yeah. song, but not where I would have put it. But yeah. Then they jump back into it with the next one. Yeah. I mean, this one was the first like w- what I liked about it and and how it kind of like started to set up the tone for the album, which I kind of liked because it's like this one breakthrough song from the other side almost. I know what they're saying. Like we want to give like a big, you know, people a reason to dance, pandemic, you know, times and everyone was sad. And it's kind of like there are some things that you can't just dance through. And like there, there's like this weird thing that happens with 24 where I think it kind of like pokes his head to the other side. And it's... I think it, it goes in tandem with the man I'll never find because this it, this feels like the whatever inciting incident to that almost like it's you know it's talking about like how long it's been since they've been together twenty four hours like it's 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 before acceptance with her or like with themselves and with the fact that like maybe this guy wasn't it but like before all that it's just this like how do I go on without this person. And, like, literally counting down the hours or the minutes or, like, sleeping on, like, the bed and the, si- the other side's empty. And, you know, which which I know is, like, a, a common thing that people sing about, I think, and break up songs. But, like, it's the fact that they think it'll pass and it doesn't. It clearly, by the time you get to the next side of the record, 
mm-hmm. this didn't pass because they like I'm there's this weird like the I'm comfortable but I'm screaming only you could leave me like this just looking for the silver lining um believe me better believe me I've been running it's like I don't know I don't know it's just this clear like where one is more about acceptance of a thing that happened and, and pure understanding of it I think this is like a very scared place not knowing what's happening running crossing the line like caught me off guard like you feel sideswiped like and it's and again it's less of like something that someone did it's like of a feeling Mm -hmm. and how to cope and like and i think that's what really stuck out to me and that's when i knew that it was going to change but you're right and then the next song it's like okay maybe maybe everything's fine And, and i think that is like a high and low yeah you know type of no it's a great song yeah but again like you know it's it's people um i don't know like the b-sides of albums like people always seem to well it's become like connotation of like if it's a b-side it's rarely listened to or rarely heard and to have something that feels like it should be from a b-side push its way through i don't know i i really like i started listening to records like pretty late and I like the, you know, the physical idea of like flipping it over and like people, bands that still do kind of calculate mm-hmm. an A-side and B-side, knowing that that break in the music for you to flip it over is kind of like a break in mood is really cool. But I also like bands that possibly have this like play off each other, side A and side B, like one kind of It does break it up nice because I guess if you go with my suggestion, if you put that at the end of A, then you go right into the man I'll never find yeah. the first song on... <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) but I I really think that was more of like playing with um, with how up and down something like that can be. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, sometimes at your most distressed and your most like when you feel like the most upside down and, you know, shooken up how there's these like moments of like deep sadness and like, you know, fear. And then, you know, a, a few hours later, you're dancing around and like you know it's 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 almost like manic in a way and i really like it aligns well with uh, the times when it was written <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> i i but i i mean i i really love this album i did yeah i'm glad i'm glad you suggested it next up would be heart burst uh-huh. um which we said would picks right back up kind of where they left off right and i and i i wrote that down and i think that that song kind of stands out because of how down that one goes mm-hmm but see, this this immediately goes into denial, but like wanting it to all be a dream. So it's like, you know, scared, running, maybe we could live forever, we closed your eyes, live in a dream, you know, like wanting to give it your all. Like, I think that that's basically, can you, can you stress a heart so much that it explodes? And I think that that's what that is. And it's like the ups, the downs, those, the, the everything, like risking it all to just live for something is a lyric in there that I, I think it's like the backing vocals of the chorus. And I think it's cause like, I don't really, like maybe you just don't know who, who, what am I living for if I'm outside of this thing or I'm outside of this relationship and, and, uh, falling short doesn't mean it's all for nothing. It's like this weird, I, I just, I just like the fact that like the, all of these backing vocals are like almost like condolences in a way or like uh trying to help the lead singer mm-hmm. um of the song but just like it's it's th- this one is a clear bouncing off it's clearly bouncing off of 24 in, well that's a good segue into the next one <laughs> 
Who Which, you, it's like it's like they constructed it with the album. <laughs> um, so yeah, I take back everything I said about the placement in twenty four. Um, so yeah, then they wrap up side A with dance around it, and I mean, and then that the, the, the title. Uh, yeah. It's honestly like a weird three part. Not weird, but like it's mm-hmm. it's a very like nice three part break in the album where yeah. noticing there's not really knowing and the problem is just being scared. Like like it's like I don't know what's gonna happen. You're not here. What do I do? And then coming into this like you know heart heart burst type of up with it where you're just like it's a very manic dance around and then literally dancing around it like dancing around the whole maybe if i just ignore all the bad things that are happening within this relationship and just focus on all the good stuff and all the good things and all the things i love about this person and all the things like you know whatever's weighing me down like i can like you know i think it's is it they talk about white lies in this song oh i didn't catch that yeah it's um to say it anyway all the little white lies just keep up the good times Hmm. it's weighing down on my mind so it's more of like the lies that they're telling themselves i feel like this is like uh just come back we can figure this out and then you know now we're not really talking about the problem oh this features cheryl crow yeah uh, i was just about to bring that up so both uh brandy carlisle and cheryl crow are singing backup vocals and this. Really? I think it's throughout the choruses. I feel I feel like that's a deep dive on its own. Looking mm-hmm. into the, <laughs> I mean, we know Cheryl Crows, but I don't really. Know I just mentioned Brandy Carlisle was co-producer on this. She was pretty heavily involved in pushing them in this direction musically, especially going more of this disco route, uh, which mm-hmm. I know they had some uh, uh, reservations. You know, if that's the way they should be going, mm-hmm. and she was a big part of that. And then, like, speaking of which, jumping so jumping back to site. B, where we started, <laughs> naturally. We, we started on side on B. the B sides. <laughs> um, we've hit most of them, you know, one of, you know, talking about, like, pushing them away from what probably they're more known for, the indie pop vibes. I do think they have one song that leans a bit, little bit closer to that. That'd be Promises. Mm-hmm. You know, if you haven't heard Lucius before, one album, you know, really great to start with. If you don't want to dive into this one yet, would be their first, or I guess their second album, but I think it's with Mom and Pop. Their debut with Mom and Pop would be Wild Woman. It's a great album. It's giving me more of the, yeah, indie pop vibe, and you're going to get some of that more with uh, Promises. And this is also one we mentioned that you can get a little, you can hear a little Fleetwood Mac in this mm-hmm. one as well, a little yeah. bit more of the 80s Fleetwood Mac. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the last one I was going to touch on is uh, Tears in Reverse, another really good song is title or track nine good funky groove i think the one thing i want to call out in this that i i i noticed after a few listens uh is i hear a lot of robin in this one oh especially yeah yeah, yeah 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 uh i think it's more like the instrumentals throughout the choruses yeah and obviously the robin that we know now not the robin of the 90s right 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 uh hearing come through this but yeah great song very like anthemic as well. Uh-huh. Kind of arena. Tears in reverse. Like, did that end the album? No, yes, that's second to last. Second it's nine. To last. So the uh, white lies. Yeah. Wraps it up. Yeah, and I and I think it goes back to like I don't know. I thought that was a really nice way to to wrap it up, and that's why I like it's. It's just funny that you don't focus on the lyrics as much as I do. I like it when bands in have like this thread through their album that exists mainly i'm sure it exists musically as well where they take riffs and and other things from other songs and and insert it into like later tracks is like you know an Mm. all-encompassing album but these little lyric drops here and there that that kind of like act as like a prelude to 
you know, the next side of the album or like towards the end. Like, well, yeah, and with that, I do think we can consider this a concept album. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it has a specific type of overall vibe to it, but with the message with the pandemic and the divorce, and yeah, yeah, there's clear call outs to different tracks throughout. And my last note on it, I love that it's 10 songs. That is the perfect number. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to hate some of the albums. Like, like here's 25 tracks. Cool. I think <laughs> one I have to listen to is clocking in at about 58 minutes, if I remember right. Um, <laughs> this one, I think, yeah, this one's a solid 38, 10 tracks. If you had to ask me, the perfect album is uh, no fewer 58 than... minutes. <laughs> no fewer than 10 tracks, no more than... Than twelve. Um, there is an album that Sifjan Stevens did. That's the. It's called The Age of Odds. Then it's. I, I'm just gonna say I like all of his albums are really long, but I'm not gonna give you this one. I mean, there's exceptions to the rule as always. The, the last but, song is 25 minutes long. Okay. <laughs> I mean. I mean. I mean, it changes a lot, but it's like 20. I mean, okay. I won't say I'm not gonna give it to you, but like I've listened to a lot of Pink Floyd. Yeah, that's fine. I just. It just. It's so funny because like. Every every time I'm like, this is my favorite song. It's twenty. <laughs> my favorite song in the album is the last song. I'm a big fan of the new Dawes album, and the, it's the first I mean, track yeah, off the album is ten minutes long. So yeah, okay. But how many tracks are there? I think it's less than ten. Yeah, it might actually it might be eight or nine. But with that song, it gets you up to ten minutes wise. Yeah, <laughs> equivalent. <laughs> so therefore, it's a perfect album. I uh, yeah, this this album was really. I don't know. It was really nice. It was like, I think what I really liked about it, and I think it lives up to that disco start to the, like what kicked it off, like that beat, that danceability, like I'm listening to it while, you know, I'm listening to it while I'm cooking, like I'm, I'm, you know, having a sip of something like, you know, it's keeping my rhythm going. And I don't think that rhythm ever stops, even though the songs go low. Mm hmm. And like, like the way that, you know, the, the mood and the vibe changes, but it's like the pacing, the vocals, like it keeps you the same amount of like engaged in the album. And that's what I really liked about it. Like sometimes when like the B side of an album kind of dips, it's kind of like, well, it's not really matching what I'm doing right now. And that's what I um, loved about their live show too. Cause that can help happen with even your favorite band, kind of the middle of the set. Yeah. Time to go grab a beer. Yeah. Yeah, it felt like that the whole show was a dance party, regardless of, you know, if it was one of these slower ballad tracks mm-hmm. where you're, like you say, completely engaged, um, especially hearing them vocally live is pretty incredible. And they were, uh, you know, speaking of which, this is where people might have heard of them or seen them most recently when they were, you know, quote unquote, mainstream music news. Uh, Joni Mitchell, when she was at Newport yeah, yeah. last year, mm-hmm. she hadn't sung in years have been on stage in years right and they had basically all the you know main acts from the festival on stage with her including brandy carlisle oh, Dawes, yeah. we've been talking about that's cool uh, but yeah lucius was up there as well a big part of that oh yeah. that's cool the last festival that i went to before the pandemic was the that eau claire music festival and this is the one it. where you don't know the lineup heading that, in, right at that point you didn't they didn't do the lineup the last time i went but the years prior you knew the lineup before you got there of course, everyone's fucking pissed. Uh, doesn't matter. But they had a tribute to um, John Prine there, and John Prine came and performed nice. one of his songs. I don't know how Joni Mitchell... Joni Mitchell probably seemed like she was having a pretty good time. Uh, John Prine did not seem like he was having a good time. 
he seemed I love John Prine, but he did not seem like he knew who any of these people were. <laughs> and he was just like, I'll just I'll come up here and play whatever. And then he played and then he left. Everyone that else probably, was oh, way that more was pumped. right before the pandemic. Yeah. Because I, he died of COVID, I believe, right? He, he died he, during the pandemic. He died he died of complications to COVID right. during the pandemic. This I don't know if it was like right it was close to before the pandemic. I want to I want to say it was like eight months before the pandemic or something like that. It was, you know, it, it like was probably we saw the one of his last shows. Yeah, I, I was really lucky to see yeah. him. I mean, he sounded great. But yeah, it was. Um, yeah, I mean, I, but it was, it was just really funny because <laughs> like the way the way they they just had him sitting on stage while everyone like played for him. Because I mean, he's fucking old and he doesn't, you know, he's not going <laughs> to like, like you could just tell like he. You know, he's like, I'd play the whole time, but you know, I can't, <laughs> you know, like it was really touching until I just thought he looked, he looked disappointed. Well, he's you'll like, probably he's hear like, his who's, name who's pop Bony up. Bear uh, and why do I care? <laughs> you'll probably hear his name pop up a lot with uh, some of the artists and albums I choose. I mean, he's, he's, he's the master. He's so good. No. Well, cool. I think that uh, wraps it up for Lucius. Oh, wait. Should I give it a rating? Should I give it a non-pitchfork rating? Non-pitchfork rating. What non are we rating, rating to? Well, pitchfork does to 10, so we should do to 10. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like, I see, I think rating albums is so dumb at the same time that I'm like, it's helpful. But, like, I don't. I do not think I would have listened to this if you didn't tell me about it. I think it has all the best parts of disco. Because there are some really yeah. shit parts of disco, but this took all the good parts of disco, all the things that like, and I feel like it was in, in a way that like Arcade Fire was taking disco beats and like everyone else was like kind of piggybacking off of this like disco resurgence. Mm -hmm. I feel like this this is kind of like a sleeper from that realm. Like not many people talk about it as one of those. It's not as in your face about it. It it all serves like the narrative of the album. Well, it kind of feels natural for even though right. like it's their first technically disco record. I, uh -huh. I don't think it's a huge departure. No, from what you norm normally hear from them. No, no, no. I I don't think so. It's 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 not a disco album, but it's it's disco influenced for mm -hmm. sure. So pitchfork six point seven. Pitch pitchfork six point seven. Um, <laughs> I feel, like, feel like you're going to judge me now. No, I'm not. No. I mean, if we're going well, to go, I know it's all about we're like, go on the one to 10 and <laughs> it's a pitchfork type rating. I don't, I, I mean, finding a record that's anywhere close to 10 is going to, I don't know. I, I feel like, I feel like we need to break the fit pitchfork, uh, the pitchfork rating system, but I don't know how yet. I'll, I'll we'll get, I'll, we'll figure out how I will. I will. Get, I don't know. I'm gonna go with the Entertainment Weekly A to F ranking, A plus oh. to F. They do that. They oh. do grade school grades. Okay. I'll do that, and I'll and I'll give it. I'll give it a B plus. Okay. That was that was really good. Your parents would be happy for it if you brought it home on a report card. Certainly. Yeah, yeah. I and and mm -hmm. I to be fair, like A plus is an album that like would change my life. Like you know, right. like those those you know that would be an album like that. But like, it's very enjoyable. I will listen to it again, which I think is like you know. Not that I'm like a hard sell. I re-listen to like you know the Lonely Island <laughs> albums in full, <laughs> so I'm I'm not really like the biggest. That's what does a, a B compliment. plus compare? What's a B plus on the Pitchfork scale? Would you a, say a B, is, a, oh, oh like is a, a um, seven? And I would say like it's a seven point three or higher. Is a B plus? Is a B plus? Yeah, because what's because they're what, a like I I went to school. I don't know if you did you have the ninety or the did you have the uh, grading scale where it was like 82 to 90 
two was a B, and then ninety three and up was an A. No, that's ridiculous. No, I had that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, and our high school was like we're we're better than everybody our grades are slightly higher because of <laughs> what we do and yeah 93 to 100 was an a so that but that's pitchfork okay <laughs> it's like they're cheating it <laughs> like you can't do that because you know what once i got to college in the same state 90 was an a <laughs> um but yeah yeah so it, i would say it's like a i think it would be like a my version of that's like a 7.3 i think that's right yeah yeah because usually it, what's it, it did not it. deserve that low of a score. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. I think that wraps up. Yeah. Uh, that was Lucius. Lucius. Second, Second nature. nature. What What album do we have in the next episode? Um, I think we have Modest Mouse, The Moon, and Antarctica. And you have to you have to listen to it. This is the fifty eight minute one, isn't this it? This is the fifty eight minute one. All right. This is Have You Heard, uh, uh, the only podcast on Band Magazine or BandTheMagazine.com, but Band Magazine on on. What are we banned the magazine on? Yeah, we once we get more advertisers, we're going to buy bandmagazine.com. <laughs> but until then, it's bandthemagazine.com. It's banned the magazine on Instagram, and it's banned the and magazine Twitter. on Twitter. Oh, and TikTok. Oh, it's banned the magazine everywhere. If you have thoughts on this album, want to listen to Lucius, Second Nature, send mm-hmm. them to us. Or if you want us to listen to an album, oh. send it to us. Yeah, Tell us why. Too. Or if there's anything else you want to say, yeah. send that to us. You can email us, I guess email me mm-hmm. at josh at bandthemagazine.com. Do that. I don't have a band magazine email yet, but I'll get one. But just email Josh. Again, once we get some more advertisers, we can get that second Gmail account. It's a lot of money. <laughs> Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Have You Heard? Please listen, rate, review, and follow all episodes available wherever you get your podcasts. Have You Heard is a band magazine podcast and produced by Andreas Aristides and me, Josh Druden. Music courtesy of Mutual Disrespect. For more music news, visit bandthemagazine.com or follow us at bandthemagazine on social media.